Hello all. Once again, my name is Chris Hayden, and I am the pastor at Kindred UMC and one of the hosts of this podcast. And it is my pleasure to introduce you this week to Ashley Holland, who is a four with a balanced wing type. She's got wing three and five equally. And uh, I'm afraid that I have to confess that we had recording issues once again with Adobe Audition. It's become a very problematic, buggy software for us. Um, but uh, at about the four and a half minute mark, you'll notice that the audio significantly changes. Uh, we, I did my best, with, but it, it's very roomy sounding. You can hear the room in the recording. Um, but it does come back at around 37 minute mark. So um, I will say Ashley was a, a wonderful guest. She was incredibly vulnerable uh, in sharing her story. And even with the audio issues, it's absolutely worth a listen. So uh, please bear with us as we try to sort all that stuff out. Um, please like, subscribe, share, comment, uh, all that jazz. Rate, review. Um, check us out on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Check out our YouTube show every Sunday night at 6.15. And thank you very much for listening. Here we go. I see bumps on the screen, and <laughs> that's always what we're looking Jonas for. Jonah's just chilling, living his best life. <laughs> oh man, I was very tempted to make an STD joke when I said bumps on the screen. You know, that's what we're looking for. My mind went to that as well. I will you not lie. You can fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go there, but. Um, so, Ashley, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you're a bit of a different guest in that I know who you are. Do you not usually? No, usually I'm You meeting, didn't last week. Yeah, I'm meeting somebody for the first time usually. I'm sorry to disappoint. It's a rerun. It, it's totally disappointing to know you. <laughs> I'm glad we got to the point. of You know, I get that, that a lot, honestly. No. <laughs> no. I'm so glad you came. We've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. Now. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, I know, so we're a little bit out on a rush because Courtney's got a hard out and, and I've just been like, I feel like manic a little bit. Like I've been, it's been a busy day for me. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I'm like, go, go, go. (laughs) Uh, so have you had an opportunity to take the test for the Enneagram? Yes. I know you did. In the recent time. <laughs> in, in the after not times? Like, not the most recent, but not long ago. Um, yeah. Um, and so what, are, you, are you willing and ready and able to reveal to the world your type number? I think so. Okay. Um, so I am a Enneagram 4, and I have a split wing. So I don't lean towards one. <laughs> she has balanced wings. I have balanced wings. Oh, oh. So I don't like, there, there's not one that I relate to more. Well, it's usually one ha- goes. I like, I like the reframing of that in positive language. <laughs> Split I can't wing make like, up my mind. So you can't fly? Split wing? Which How is actually, like, that's actually a super common thing for people to have balanced wings, but it's not talked about nearly enough because people feel like they have to pick I was one about or the to other. say, I feel you're like... You're the first person. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, you're the first I'm, person we've had. I'm honored. This means so much to me. <laughs> I like to be different and special. I don't know if you got that. <laughs> no, but I feel like I didn't realize that was a thing either because it's not talked about. So it feels weird to say, um, 
but at, when I was first taking the Enneagram test and learning about it, I definitely felt like I had to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I saw someone post something about what like an even wings are. Um, and I was like, oh, I have the freedom, which is kind of, you know, it should be that way. I have the freedom to say like I'm both at different times. So since I already know your type, I didn't keep track of whether or not you actually said your type. Enneagram four, I did. Four, okay, all right, good. And then my wings are three just, and five. I just realized I already know your type, <laughs> so I don't know if I know so your type because I listened to you. Attention. Or, wow. I'm just filing. I'm just filing away the information. Sorry, we had a little bit of a recording snafu, and we're back in the saddle. I was talking about how I'm a bad listener. Yeah, that happened just now, again, when we asked you if you knew Ashley. Yeah, I literally, I forgot your last, I don't think I forgot it. I don't think I I ever knew it. I think you forgot it. She literally wrote it in her thing last night and said it multiple times. I am proud of my last name. I say it all the time. Well, good. I'm glad you're proud of it. What, <laughs> what, um, what makes, what, what about it are you proud of? My name? My last name? Yeah. I think it's so cool. I'm, it's a country. I'm a country. <laughs> I, I met It's someone. Holland, by the way. Yes. Because <laughs> we haven't said it on the podcast. Oops, guess which one is it? But no, I met someone from Amsterdam. And I was like... Hey, hey, guess what? <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, my name's Holland. My last name's Holland. And he looked at me and was like, okay. I don't <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, they don't even call it Holland anymore. They call it the Netherlands. I'm like, I don't care. What is your point? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It used to be called Holland. It like, is unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very. Okay, there you go. That brings us back to the part that we didn't record. Oh, oh yes, uniqueness. About fours desire to be unique, which I always, I never identify with. I think that's so odd I, because I definitely do. You want to be unique, and you were like so. Mm-hmm. The thing we didn't record, you were starting to elaborate on. That. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, something I struggle with is I tend to feel threatened a lot. Um, if, if someone is, if someone is like coming in and maybe getting more attention for being blank or, or one upping and being like, well, I do, well, I did, I feel very threatened. Even if it's not that obvious, I can feel it. Um, and I feel like I'm being overshadowed by them, even if their uniqueness is different than mine. Um, so it's definitely something I've struggled with for a really long time. Honestly. That was profoundly vulnerable. Thank you. I also, I have a hard time identifying with it. Really? And this was, this is kind of the, this is my, my very early journey in Enneagram is because that's, I identified with the four as closely as I, like more closely than any of the other types. And yet, when I read it, it was always like every and everything I read about fours is all about the uniqueness and the desire to be unique and the, like. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but I genuinely do not identify with that. I don't care about being the only one like me as much as I care about the the way I would describe it is. I I just need to be seen for who I am. Hmm. And if there's another one who's just like me, it's like. All right, brother, come, like, let's get in on this. Really? You know? Yeah. I'm like, you need to leave this space I'm in. <laughs> you need to go far <laughs> away. 
there, there ain't room enough for both of us. Um, I wonder how much of that is in the work that you talked about that you did in your transition. You know, you always talk about your before and after. Do you feel like previous Chris maybe struggled a little more with the one-upping and needing to be unique. And then you did some heavy internal work and now your focus has shifted to where you're focusing more on being seen and working within your growth number? Or do you, or is that not For those who thing? can't see, I have a very inquisitive look on my face right now. <laughs> um, I don't think, so, honestly, before I went through my big kind of spiritual awakening and, like, changed my personality, um, I still wouldn't say that uniqueness was the thing I needed as much as... I get, uh, still, my thing has always been seen. And, and maybe that's rooted in my family of origin stuff. Yeah. Like, the abu like my abuse was always neglect more than anything else. Sure. It was just like parents and teachers and all the adults who were supposed to care about me just didn't demonstrate giving a fuck about me. And so maybe there, maybe that's shaped the way that I kind of experienced my foreness. I wonder what part of that, for me, the like being unique is being seen. Yeah. That's a, you took the words out of my mouth. That, like, me... I noticed that in, uh, everyone always, get, everyone, every four, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. always connects with me on the being seen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's where my, like, intimidation of others, when they project themselves as someone who is confident, different, unique, it's because I feel unseen. I feel overshadowed. Um, so I think it's interesting that we relate on that aspect of the feeling yeah. seen and, and understood, but you don't have an issue with, not an issue, a hard time dealing with. Here, here's what, this, this might be a way in. One thing that I can identify with is that when, when someone, so like, so I, I, was a, I was a musician, I am a musician, I was like a bar band musician in, in college, and I wrote songs, and now, and I stopped writing songs because it kind of it like it was like a well that dried up almost. It just it's just not there for me. And when I go to try and like write a song, it, it just doesn't. And the reason it doesn't come out is because it feels everything I write feels obvious and cliche, and I hate it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I used to write, and I would be like, "This is fucking awesome." When other people who are successful write music that I have already conceived of. Like, if I understand what they're doing, because I'm like, uh, yeah, like, I, the doy, we all know how to do that. I fucking hate yeah, it. Yeah, I would say that's definitely unique. It, but it, it's weird because it doesn't latch into me as a, it's not that like, oh, you're just copying me. It's more like, I hated it when I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> so how dare you get away? I wonder. Yeah, you can't get away with this bullshit. I decided not to do this 10 years ago. Do you think you're unique? Like, do you think that about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm awesome. Yeah, you are. Like, I'm unique and I'm awesome. 
So that would. But I don't think I'm awesome because I'm unique. Mm. Okay. See, I think that's different for me. I think. I, I wish I'm there were awesome. more like. I me, think you actually. resonate a little like, bit I'm more. Like, I'm the only one. No you resonate a little more with the core desire of a type four, and you resonate a little more with the core longing of a type well, I'm four. Counter type too. Th yeah, I mean that's part of it. I wonder if that's like. A, oh, you're a, so special, Chris. I know I'm the most unique <laughs> so four there unique. ever was. <laughs> um, so core desire of a type four is to be unique and authentic. A core longing of a type four is to be special, just as you are. Just as you are really resonates with me, where it sounds like unique resonates with you. Hello, yeah. my love. Hi. My wife just walked in the door. We're recording the port the the podcast. The podcast. She made us drink Long Islands. Oh, mistakes. Oh. It's gonna be a lot of mispronunciations tonight. All right. So now that we have core desire and core longings and all that. Can you tell that. that Courtney has a heart out? Yes, she's ready to go. <laughs> no. I just want to keep us on track. You can, you can by all means, peace out, and we'll we'll wrap it up. If the two you fours leave will wrap me, it up. I will hurt you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna say a bunch of things as a statement. I mean it as a question. Um, so as I talk through this, listen for things that you identify with, or things that, as Chris will always say, that you balk at. Um, so if there's anything where you're like, that's not me at all, okay. we're gonna talk about that. I'm ready. All right. So, I said this earlier as I spilled water on myself. Uh, core desire of a type four is to being unique and authentic. Core longing of a type four is to be special just as you are. Uh, with that, core fear is being flawed or defective. And a core weakness is envy, feeling like others have what you are missing. Um, so type fours, they want to typically, unless you're Chris, be the most unique person in the room. They tend to be very artsy, very intuitive. Um, they also are very big into feeling your feelings. Um, so sitting in feelings, actually listening to those intuitively and talking about them openly and honestly, fours tend to find something quite beautiful about sadness um, they're cool with melancholy so long as it's like meaningful um, they melancholy tend infinite sadness. yeah they tend to balk at uh, surface level conversations or anything surface level really they're the kind of people that want to sit you down and get to the heart of it um, with your wings so you have balanced wings as we talked about which means um, you can take on personality traits of three or five while your motivation stays the same this can mean you might be ambitious outgoing lively extravagant or you might be intellectual reserved observant and curious um, those are just some personality traits that maybe you identify with and then moving into our subtype so for a sexual four the focus tends to be self-expression and fervor um, you might be a little bit more intense and romantic while you can be vulnerable at times your lust for intensity often makes you assertive and expressive um, you tend to idealize one person and focus on them and um, decide that they are what they are in your head, not who they are in real life. Um, you can have an intense push and pull dynamic. <laughs> I feel very cold out. <laughs> <laughs> very intense push and pull dynamic with your loved ones. Um, you're oh. <laughs> 
Envy can drive you to be successful and you often compete to prove yourself and become more attractive. Also, kind of like a type two, you can often feel frustrated when others don't acknowledge or appreciate your needs. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Um, I like to start with the are there things that you didn't that you were like nah <laughs> no <laughs> I related to every single one of those some more as you could tell by the expression on my face uh, <laughs> expression um, no but I it sounds kind of weird but I think one of the things that for me is weird to read about fours is because I do relate so strongly to everything that I have read so far about it which in my head almost doesn't make sense like because I do have this like something is wrong with me like I am different I am just inherently different in some way what's the the core fear that you're flawed mm -hmm. yes so flawed or defective yeah. yeah and so like having that for so long and not realizing that it's such a like a driving force in my life seeing that like <laughs> I'm actually like a bunch of other people it was really hard to accept hmm. um, it it's because some people would find solace in the mm -hmm. oh there's a lot it's a category yeah I mean that's how I felt when I read my type I yeah. was like oh lots of people feel the need to be at service to everyone else all the time but if your whole thing is uniqueness yeah. finding out there's oh you've been categorized yeah it was it was really kind of a hard pill <clears throat> to swallow like part of me felt very validated in um, some of the I guess burdens that I've carried thinking that I was the only one that uh, like dealt with blank um, but at the same time then it was like maybe Maybe my feelings and my reactions and my emotions to those things aren't as valid because they are quote unquote normal. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I think that's really interesting what you just said. Thank you. The, the idea that because your emotional reactions are kind of typical, mm -hmm. that you're like, fucking typical yeah like, like okay maybe I am too much over emotional you know overreactive all these things that I have dealt with people thinking I am maybe I am just too much if, if so many people also deal with these issues you know we've talked about too much and like I know Courtney you've brought up too much <sighs> I'm, I'm wondering if that has more to do with uh, like femininity and like feminism the the idea because somebody calls me too much it doesn't really do much to me I think that if you say that to a woman particularly in this context that's a little harder to fucking swallow do you I don't I'm I'm I don't personally identify with that. I think my rub on too much has to do with the particular work that I pushed myself to do over the last year, where as a two, you know, for those of you who don't know, two is the helper. I constantly minimize my own needs to make other people happy and will like 
and fours can do this in stress also because two is a stress number for four. Um, I like will constantly, like if I don't feel needed, I feel rejected. So I would like constantly push down my own needs, my own wants, my own personality to make other people happy. And I finally got to a place where I realized that that's kind of fucked up and I probably shouldn't do that because who I am and what I do and what I like, like my opinions have like value and meaning and like they make me who I am. And so when I hear or feel the phrase too much, it kind of, it triggers a, oh, so you want me to go back and stick my head in the sand kind of response. Or, oh, you want me to go back to an unhealthy place where I was constantly pushing myself down to make room for you. What about space for me? I think it has less to do with the fact that I am a woman, although certainly like, there is influence from that, but honestly, it's more other women telling me that than it is other men telling me that, in my experience. Sure, but I, I don't... I want to keep talking about it and not, like, nail down a conclusion, but I would say that just by the fact that other women are giving you that criticism doesn't mean... <laughs> criticism uh, <laughs> other women are giving you that criticism doesn't mean that that's necessarily like because women can certainly deride other women in like a that doesn't exclude it from that category it you doesn't I mean? but I I've never gotten that feedback. That it doesn't feel that way. To it doesn't you. feel that way to me, and I haven't gotten that. Maybe it's that I haven't gotten the too mm -hmm. much feedback from other men so much as I have from other circles of women. And uh, yeah. well, actually, that's not true though. Now that I'm okay. like critically thinking about it, for me, it's 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 about positions of power or like close relationships. So, are you saying you can remember other times when? Yes. When men and women have kind of given only you that only one only one man has that comes to mind. Yes, that comes to mind. I has, have a hunch, uh, and I'm sure your hunch is right. I like was forgetting about that circumstance. Only one other man that I know of or that I can remember at this time has said that to me, and that person was in a position of power. Who was the other person? It feels like we had another podcast where another person also was like. I identify with the too much feedback. Do you remember that? Maybe it wasn't a podcast. Maybe it was an outside conversation. Maybe. But I don't know. What do you think about all this? I, know someone, so I think it was an outside conversation. Um, you remember it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so for I don't me, want to throw anyone in the bus. I know. I wasn't going to name names, but yeah, I, yeah. you know who you are. It was a female though, right? Oh. Wasn't it? Moving on. Matt's going to edit okay. all this out. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, I don't mind. Like, that only narrows it down to, like, 50% of all of the human race. Oh, okay. Well. You know, like, I think we're safe there. All right. Can... Uh, yes. Okay. I'm trying to think of. Okay. So, you, for the too much, yours is more in how you acted. Is that what or like how you were perceived by others. That. Well, the thing I'm thinking of is, for me, when I say too much, I mean, like, almost purely emotional mm -hmm. oh see that's not that's yeah. not it for me for me it's like my wants my needs my desires not so much emotions I feel that's what can, I kind of thought just knowing you the way I do. can you give either a real or a hypothetical anecdotal what so like you act in this way and then someone says that's too much sure 
sure. Because I think that would help. At least that would help. I, like I need examples. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm you know trying to I think mean? of a way to give this as a hypothetical example. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, like my faith is a great example. My faith journey is a great example. So before coming to Kindred and being, or honestly, even before like Aloma, cause like Aloma was, is pretty progressive compared to a lot of like the faith it was of some of my the, colleagues. The first steps of a lot Absolutely. Of awakening. Yeah, but particularly Kindred and some of the stuff that we talk about and we do. Before all that, I would go to other churches and I would kind of just go with the flow. I'd share the mainstream videos that now irk me to my core um, of stuff that's taken out of context. And I'd be like, God is so good all the time. Yes. Like that kind of attitude. Um, and I would just go with it because that's what everybody else was doing. And that's what felt comfortable. And if I did that, then I would be accepted and loved and wanted and included. When I came to Kindred, and started working through my actual shit and getting to the root of a lot of that, I realized that that wasn't actually what I wanted though. Like I wanted to be loved and accepted and included, but I, I also wanted that with the caveat of I wanted to be able to be myself. And so I would start posting reflection posts on social media or like having some different opinions based on like some of the stuff that we're, some of the stuff that we talk about, like, we're rowdy, like, and we have no problem with I'm, some uh, things. Sorry, I don't mean to correct you. It's, it's a wee rowdy. <laughs> we rowdy, to give the most basic example. Like, we don't have... Sorry to have, interrupt you very seriously. We don't have issues with a lot of the same things that a lot of other people at other churches might have issues or haven't been exposed to or anything like that. And I would talk very openly about that. And I would talk very openly about how our group is different and how, like, I have found freedom and healing and life from looking at church in a different way. Well, that rubbed all these people over here the wrong way. So for me, being called too much in that sense because I was being honest and talking about my experience and talking about how I, like how I felt and what I went through, too much equals rejection yeah. to me, which I feel like is a little different than what you're getting at. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Do, I mean, can you tell a similar hypothetical? I'm trying to... I'm, I know it's so, it's so that's a weird unfair question. I like I recognize that. I think like cuz I don't know if I can just pinpoint a specific experience that would accurately demonstrate it because yeah. mine is much more internal um and thought process and emotion <clears throat> in that way rather than things that might come from an actual event. Yeah. Um but I think you can also, I can go back to when Courtney was reading about the four of, you know, this one, you saw my face of like putting someone on a pedestal and like really romanticizing and, and adoring that person. Part of the reason I could see your face is because, oh, God damn, that I am guilty. Yes. It's see, like and I, I don't. immediately flash back to all of these different things. Um, it, it's, it, I, I just don't remember that, like reading that one recently. So it kind of struck me a little bit. I balked at it, but even going back to that, like I have a hard time keeping people at a realistic level. And because of that, um, 
my emotions are very high strung in those situations and I have very high emotional expectations. And so when those are not met, like Courtney, I feel rejected. Yeah. I feel that I have done something wrong. Um, and you, it's literally, can I throw, this is a word that I identify with. I'll try it on. Well, yeah. Try it on. <laughs> uh, desperate. Yeah. That's, that's how I would describe myself. Yeah. I feel, I feel that way. Um, because I know that about myself. It's not even like just that shallow, oh, they're desperate. Oh, they're needy. It's like, no, like I know I crave that. And I know, I know how that comes across. Dude, I get it. Like I know that, (laughs) I know that that's how that comes across. I I often, it's one of my go-to like examples when I'm talking about just the stuff that we do here at Kindred. Like I, one of the examples I lift up is like, when you send five texts and you're starting to write the sixth <laughs> and you know that you've already dug a hole oh, and that the yeah. sixth text is going to dig it even, it's only going to make things worse. Yeah. You can see it. You understand it. You can see exactly what's going on and you send it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, what is that? And like, that's, that was my desperate. Yeah, no, I I absolutely and still that. is when I'm at my absolute worst. Yes, like when I fall back into those holes, those stress, those unhealthy yeah, patterns. Like that's not to say that I'm I'm cured and everything's no. fine. Like no, 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 that's still there. I've just like I've just like there's I have made peace with the monster that lives in the basement. It's and interesting. And I know what to feed it. Because <laughs> like, hoping that understanding of, of, of how it gets there. Yeah. Um, and what it does. But so that would be my how I yeah. feel too much mm-hmm. because I do even if someone doesn't tell me I'm a very um, like people person. I read people extremely well. Um, at first meet, like I can yeah. see right through your crap. I would agree with just after knowing, knowing you. For you a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even in high that. school when I knew you, then you were that way. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah I think you get a beat on people real quick. I, because here's the thing: I was fucking nutso in high school when Ashley met me, and you still wanted to be my friend. I did I love that you were you were crazy? I loved it. It was. I was crazy. He was. <laughs> I won't. I won't sugarcoat it. Oh, you it's were. okay. I know I was. But I do. I was I was dependent on. I, so my best friend in high school, I believe, who I don't even really talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful guy. We we didn't have like a falling out or anything. We just kind of like drifted apart. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure as I look back through the lens of Enneagram, he was a fellow four. But he was like self-actualized. Mm-hmm. Like he had, you know, he fucking like came from like a healthy family, and like his parents okay, loved each all, other. And he, yeah, I know. Fucking what? <laughs> um, and but he, he, I think he had a similar thing with me, where like he just saw me for who I could be, mm-hmm. you know, and was like. Yeah, you're desperate. Yeah, you're needy. And yeah, you say some weird shit sometimes. It's really off-putting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a kinship there. Yeah. And an understand. Like, he, I think he took pity on me 
because he was much cooler than I was always. <laughs> but we, but he and I just had this kind of like kinship that, like, we kind of understood each other a little bit. Yeah. And like, there's a similar thing as like he could say, I can imagine him being the same way. I'm like, oh no, you were fucking crazy. <laughs> Like I and I, and he would be right. I I was mm-hmm. desperate and needy and like abusive home and all that yeah. stuff, and like but he was like, but you know what, kid, you're all right. You know, <laughs> it was like that kind of a thing. Uh, like and he took me I'm under his wing. Imagine like two ten year olds sitting there. Yeah, one of them says that to me. Well, this was high school. <laughs> okay, but I mean basically, I, I may as well. Have been, yeah. Oh my god, cowboy hat tipped. Yeah. He was, and like he was way ahead of me in all kinds of ways, but he he did bring me along in very compassionate, loving ways. Yeah. You know, but not to say that that's exactly what happened with you guys. But like, I, but I just I brought you along. Yeah, I know. That's okay. It's awkward. But I but it was you said it was you being like, no, I was crazy. I, I like made me go into the. I was crazy too. Thank God for that friend <laughs> who was willing to like see through the crazy. Like, yeah. th- where would we be without it? You know? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure where I would be. I don't like to think about it. I'd be an incel basement living. <laughs> like, oh, it'd be awful. <laughs> Thank God for that guy. Yeah. Well. I, feel, I blame this on the Long Islands that you've made me drink. Made? Well, made you drink? The Long Island. You I'm made one. And yeah, you drank that way faster than anybody else. No, it started right here. You made one, and then you made a I second. Drink, he I made drank a second one. Ever. This is his second one? No, this is his first. No, this is my first. I made, one, made for one for her. himself. <laughs> willing yeah, I'm drinking water. Willing. She didn't make you do shit. It's not a fun podcast if we don't drink. The, if I don't drink the drink, <laughs> listen, I would drink the drink, <laughs> but I'm doing sober thing. 2020 after our party I on Saturday. You. I like. It's over Friendsgiving. You. Friendsgiving. I'm going to break that, and it'll okay. be great. I I'm not trying to pressure you at all, but it would. I it would respect be an, any boundary you set. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be an awkward conversation if it was just like me and Courtney drinking water and being yeah, like, here you go. <laughs> Sip up. Take the alcohol. Go ahead. Continue. Now tell us about your family. <laughs> Do you want to talk shit about any of your friends? <laughs> name them by name. <laughs> What's their last names? Phone numbers and address, please. <laughs> like that would be that'd be a little weird. Probably yeah. <laughs> so I feel I feel it I it I'm like honor bound <laughs> to to join in the drink. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Well, you know. Whatever, whatever gets me there, I guess. I don't know that Long Island's make him happy, but. Well, it's certainly making me happy right now. Oh. I haven't had dinner yet. Oh, jeez. I'm a third of the way into this, and I'm slap happy. <laughs> Yo, I don't know how this podcast is gonna end. <laughs> hey guys, hey. If you were, if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? What is that? Sorry, that's an old SNL reference. It's I'm too old for either of you to understand any of my cultural references. You are uh, yeah, you are pretty old. Anyway, back to back to back to, back to well, first of all, back to me. We were on a great conversation um, about hot dog water. You're right. Yeah. So uh, here's this is where I come into the podcast. Oh no. This is what I bring to the table. Oh yeah. Um. So I. 
in my hypothesis, I think that most Enneagram types kind of come from family of origin. Yep, inner soul child, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Inner soul child. So maybe it's not my hypothesis. <laughs> maybe I'm playing this. We talked about this a little bit last week on Anna's. Yeah. I, can, I can pull up the four soul child. That'll yeah, be maybe fun. I'm, maybe I'm just tuning into the cosmos time. that have already figured this shit out. Um, can so you talked about uniqueness, mm -hmm. and and then the kind of the bitter side of that might be the desperation. Mm -hmm. um, can you identify that? Does that bring up any memory, like early memories? Do, like, can you identify that? Does that does it remind you of stories? Like, if I was like that as a child. Yeah, or, or, or like, events that have happened that might have led me to feel like Yeah, where you felt desperate or you felt unique and like celebrated for it or like what are what are the earliest kind of uh, stories from your own past that that resonate with those concepts um, or those feelings? I think I think part of it. Um, I have I have a family. I have a brother and I have two parents, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> well, because okay, I have parents, I have a family that makes sense, and I, anyways. That adds up. Yeah. <laughs> two plus two is seven. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like I was, <laughs> I was, I was born into, my dad has always been a preacher. Um, always, always, always. So I, um, always felt like I was kind of on a spotlight even when I wasn't. PK. Yeah. Preacher's yeah. kid. It's rough. That's right. Um, so I, I feel like... There's literally a PK camp that we do in the Florida... Without me, it's Sorry, we had yet another recording issue. Um, Adobe Audition can lick my wrinkly part of my butthole. I am so <laughs> over this. Anywho... <laughs> I am upset that that was just It was designed to be upsetting. I hope they get this review. It was designed to be difficult for. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, we were talking about preacher's kids. I was saying in the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church, there is literally a camp for specifically preacher's kids because it's such a mindfuck to be mm -hmm. in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's definitely not acknowledged or talked about nearly enough. Um, but I was saying that like being in that spotlight, I feel whether you want to say it played into already fears or helped form that core fear before of, of not being enough, not being good enough, missing a part of yourself, being different. Um, having to always be quote unquote like on like present myself a certain way because people expected me to. God I should have that been. Norma should have to acknowledge that. Exactly. Yeah, right. um, like just all of these things. I remember in high school sitting in the youth group section and I ate a cereal bar. A cereal bar. Like a granola like bar. Like a granola yeah. bar. And someone's mom was like, her dad, the preacher, should know about this. And told my parents. Like, I don't understand. Anyways, so the, like, just being... Like, she was telling on you for doing oh, something that's like a human... Why? 
Why? Like a normal oh, human yeah. action eating. Like that was disrespectful. How dare I as the preacher's kid. Oh, yet all of these church. yet all of these other kids on their phones doing whatever. Yeah, fuck right off with so that. So just always feeling like I'm being policed. Um and so having to put on a mask and act a certain way um really either where you want to see fed into that or help design that um that fear and kind of that hopelessness feeling of of I'm not good enough I'm which again like that's the core fear yeah for a a type four yeah for sure and And so if you've got constant voices mm -hmm. like feeding into hey you know your core fear it's fucking real this is your personal hell like this is the opposite of ministry yeah this is the opposite of the church Mm -hmm. like so just dealing with that um definitely played into or or brought about that fear and that that hardship where i again referring back to to feeling like i'm wrong for feeling a certain way like i'm too much for how i react of like that hurting me so deeply but feeling like it's me that's the issue it's my Mm -hmm. emotions that's the issue it's me being too sensitive too much much, that's Mm -hmm. the issue um because you're preacher's kid you can't to the point of like did it ever occur to you that maybe mildred who complained about the cereal bar has fucking issues like what the fuck are you complaining about but at that is it my, is it my, should it be my job to acknowledge that she has issues? You know what I mean? Oh, no. no as no, a child, That's what you, I'm saying. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, hey, no, both yeah. ways, it I is I mean it as a, like, I'm with you. Like, yeah. that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, to it's point, unfair. You, you, like, it's laying all kinds of responsibility on you that not only should you not be responsible for just for the sake of, like, human justice, mm-hmm. but also, like, let's take capacity into account, too. Like, you're I'm a child. You're like figuring your shit right. out. Like that's what a yeah. child's job is. The adults around them, their job is to create this environment where they can do that mm-hmm. without taking any head wounds. Yeah. You know? And like your job is only ever to just kind of try and figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. And like meanwhile, you've got all these other adults who are going like, first of all, number one, not safe. We're not gonna <laughs> protect you from head wounds. Second of all, uh, in addition to figuring your stuff out, you also have to figure my stuff out. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just lay this on you. No, it's a lot. And and to the point of, here's where we um, go and dig deep into my past traumas. Um, But to the point of dealing with what I know now is um, adoption trauma, chronic chronic depression, anxiety disorders, I, sorry, just to be, because I know you, oh, but sorry. I don't want to pass over, you are adopted. I am adopted. Yeah. And like, and in, that's a into big, a family. <laughs> and, and that's a big defining. It's very defining for me. Yeah. It is a, it is, is very much prevalent in who I am in my experiences in life. And I know a few other adopted people who would absolutely say the same, like mm-hmm. it's, it is like, it's inescapably a thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, to the point of I'm dealing with these trauma issues, disorders, um, literal like chemical imbalances in my brain that I, I hid all of that. I hid self-harm. I hid 
suicidal ideations, planning my suicide from my parents. Not well, That's not what a preacher's kid. Wait, but not I hid that. Not because of like how my parents would react or if they love me. I did not tell them for years and years and years until I was like well into high school that I literally took objects and cut my skin because like this is what really gets me looking back because in my head if I spoke that into the world into our world I know my parents would be fine I know they would react well I remember like I remember thinking this thought so prevalently what type others would feel like what type of preacher is he that he can't even help his daughter mm. that was the only reason I did not tell my parents who for all purposes and ha- I had a good relationship with like I wasn't I did not hate them you know I shared with them not everything you're a teenager yeah. but <laughs> my fear was how I would reflect upon my parents and how people would see my dad in a leadership position because of the pressure and and mask that people put on me that I wasn't even able to feel my feelings without feeling ashamed or guilty that it would reflect badly on the people I love. Mm. Um, like, to that extent. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I look back now and I've done so much work on myself and, and, and being vulnerable and vocal and, and advocating for, for this type of stuff is, is my passion and what I love and what I honestly believe I went through I go through things like that to relate to others, but like, I just, I look back and it's astounding to me that I would ever think that while knowing or believe that while knowing that my parents would want to help me. Cause I know, I know there's different like situations for people. Some, some, their family wouldn't help them. They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't try to understand. I knew my family would. Like there was really no doubt in my mind. I didn't want to hurt them by being too much with my emotions, with things, the issues I was going through. And I look back, I just, I just can't believe that. Well, I think it's a moratorium on, I think most children have an innate desire to perform well, Mm -hmm. like to please their their tribe for what, whatever, however you define that. And like, I would say that in the church, there is this weird blind spot in the establishment church where people don't, they haven't connected the dot that you just articulated Mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. They haven't connected that, their need to for the pastor and the pastor's family and the image of that to make sense of the world their need for that and and their willingness to outsource it onto something else mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying this about y- your parents but I as a pastor I can say this urge within myself the temptation to to 
to feel that need in your congregation and then the desire to fill it so easily by Absolutely. just like creating an image, like Step a false image. Step up to the image. plate. Be what yeah. you're supposed to be. Well, uh, and I would say a false image of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. To hide the shit that you're actually mm -hmm. dealing with and to yeah. simply, and it's like, well, hey, they're willing to ignore it if I'm willing to shut the fuck up about mm -hmm. it. Um, and that's what brings people in and that's what pays yeah. the that's what gives tithes and pays the bills and like all of that to, like it is such a uh, uh an evil mess i like it it really is evil mm. and i don't mean evil and like the people who participated are in it are evil i mean like it is a trap it is a mm -hmm. devil's nest it is a snare it is a thing that we're like just constantly cooperating with that's stealing from us at every possible moment. Yeah. Um, and then obviously being a, a preacher's kid. Yeah. It like y you are right fucking up front. Mm -hmm. You like dead center row, you know, first row center. You got a perfect view of it. Um, and it's a thing that I don't think a lot of the established Western Christianity is willing to even acknowledge is a real thing mm -hmm. right. to them. Yeah. They're going, that's the good thing. That's the yeah. thing we should be back to when, Oh God, I, I, some guy sent me who's, I'm not even his friend on Facebook cause I can't stand him anymore. <laughs> uh, he, and he sent me oh. his link to his country music video about God bless America again. And it was all Good. about, and his whole, I couldn't even, I didn't, I listened to the first verse and the first verse was all about, I remember Sunday supper where your friends and your family would come together if we could just <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you understand the issues that we're facing as a mm -hmm. fucking community? Like, Do you as understand a nation, how much bigger than like, your and globe? And like, what are you talking about? Your how comfort? much bigger than, this, yeah. like, than your fucking privilege this about? is? And like, and Check I, yourself. Yeah, and there's something correlated in the responsibility that's put yeah. on the image of a pastor's My life daughter. isn't to make you feel more comfortable in yours. Right. And saying that should not be perceived as like a challenge and a correct mm -hmm. like we need to correct this yeah. and but but way far too often that's exactly what it is yeah it's like why isn't this child uh, like cooperating with yeah. our delusion mm -hmm. you know this child's uh honesty makes me feel bad <laughs> kill the child you know yeah. like <sighs> no i think back and i the amount I was so, until I left for college, I was so, so quiet. I was the shyest person you'd ever meet, unless you really got to know me. Like, I know Courtney, I was not, I was not shy back then. We were not, we were not quiet <laughs> we people. We were idiots. But my, <laughs> my mask that I gave people was shy because I didn't want to screw that up. I was supposed to be. I, I remember going to college and I moved away across halfway across country to go to college for a reason but it was the first time that I actually felt like myself because the people I grew up with the people I was around in church I had known them my entire life I was pigeonholed into this this one-dimensional like false mask front mm -hmm. complacent compliant do-gooder um, I really identify with the mask 
I've talked about it on this podcast before. I don't know if it's a four thing or if it's a, just a human thing, mm-hmm. but I've heard, a, I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and that's something, that's exactly how I de- I've described it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a nefarious little coping mechanism. Yeah. It, like it, it, in the end, it totally fucked me, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought it was protecting me. Yeah, I don't Absolutely. mask so much as I minimize. I feel like I minimize more yeah. than I put on a mask, so I think it mm. might be a four thing. Yeah. It's definitely, it's like, that's, I don't know how else to describe it other, other than a mask. Um, but just that, like, this is what's keeping me safe when in reality, this is what's hurting myself. Um, well, so like when somebody loves you or at least for, well, I'll, I'll talk about me. When somebody loves me, then I dismiss it because, well, they're just loving the mask that I mm-hmm. created. When somebody criticizes me, I'm like, oh shit. They see through my mask. Yes. So, like, I never get credit for anything I've actually contributed, mm-hmm. but I receive all the, like, worst, scariest feedback. And you latch on to only the negative or the criticism, even, yeah. even if it's constructive criticism, honestly. Yeah. And, you, and, it, and, it's, and you can't hear it for its constructiveness Mm-mm. because it only tears me apart. It's only yes. confirming, again, fear of... Fear of being defective mm-hmm. and, and the, 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 when somebody's really trying to help, Hey, you need to look at this. And all I hear is, Hey, you're failing. I'm fucking yep. worthless. Yep. Like I'm defective and you're broken. not good because you can't do this or you don't, yeah. or you don't see it. Yeah. I no, I definitely like ding, 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 like spot on for that one. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I, I, I identify. Yeah. I identify with that hard. Is my wife out of her cage? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she loves that. That's okay. This is for public consumption. She's she's allowed to take part. Um, Yeah, man, that's that's like hard, rough stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm really honestly like, I'm going to brag on myself. I'm really proud of the progress I've made um, and that I'm able to look back on things like that and realize how messed up it was mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to like see that for what it is and, and at least in that instance not internalize it like I used to. Yeah, it, it, it's a serious victory yeah. to not blame myself mm-hmm. when I look back. Like that, to, to really genuinely not feel that way and not like go into those things. Yeah. And that's very different from the times when I can look back and take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, it's like a connotational difference. It's not a denotational difference. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the feeling difference between, like, taking responsibility for what I should have done differently and blaming myself for how it went. Like, those, the way that those two things feel is for me the difference in the work that I did within myself on that same like issue. Yeah. Like I, cause I, I now feel, and again, I was talking like when I, when I, uh, the songwriting thing, when I see myself and other people, some of the times that I get most frustrated and most like, what the fuck is it? Like, it's because they're doing things that I identified with mm-hmm. and I can remember doing and that I, and like, it's, yeah. it's ultimately, and I boil down to it, like self hatred, like self. Well, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, yes, 
now just just the word self-hatred just pulls at something in me like just hearing those words um so i think this kind of ties back to the inner soul child thing which is Mm -hmm. i'm glad you brought that up um because a four's inner soul child is a type one um which means that soul child that's the song that makes me cry so soul wait from let me too (laughs) that's the one that makes me the time first i heard it i i cannot tell you the emotional reaction i had to that like hold on wait. no i'm gonna cry right now like if you played that i would start bawling so i want to i want to read this i feel very because i think if that made you cry this will this comes from michael shahan therapy he's a great instagram account michael shahan we did this last week okay good um we can't do it every time i'm gonna read this (laughs) within the dramatic intense and emotional facade of a four is a bossy and pushy little one-ish soul child who is intent on all the other little kids behaving properly seeing to it that none of them jump the line that their clothes are tidy and that their manners are good okay i'm just gonna pause you in a bunch of this (laughs) jumping the line you want to see me fucking get vocal at a grocery store? Oh, God. You want to see me get vocal at a grocery store? Somebody jumps the line? I'll be the only one in a, in a store full of, like, 200 people. I'll be the only one who's like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> excuse me, sir. We were all waiting in line. Honestly, I do that at Disney. I'll be like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Let me jump in real quick. This is America. No one jumps the line. Let me say, when you read that, I think of this story that my mom always told me from literally when I was five, like in like kindergarten or whatever Bible class, someone like we were all, you know, take two crayons, like take two crayons each and we're going to color this coloring thing. And one of the girls took like a handful and I looked at her as a, a kindergartner, a kindergartner. And I said, we shouldn't be greedy. I'm sorry. Uh, Who did I think I am as a five-year-old? No, what are you kidding me? I love that girl. <laughs> this soul child is a goody two I want to scoop her up and I want to lift her on my shoulders and be like, you heard this bitch? You heard what she said? Listen, take heed. Oh, God. I love it. I fucking love that shit. That's, I, I really, that's really, really, really love amazing, it. I love that. <laughs> I feel so affirmed right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. This soul child is a goody two-shoes, prim and proper, critical of those who don't follow the rules. Understanding her need to control others and make them do what she wants will expose her lack of perception of the perfection of things as they are, and more importantly, of her own perfection. As she progressively integrates her soul child, she will see how the purity, luminosity, and inherent brilliancy of her soul were not allowed or mirrored in her childhood. <laughs> I have never, ever, like, and I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable in the Enneagram. I'm going to too. Thank you. Like, I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable in the Enneagram, and I don't think I've ever stumbled across that. And I feel very... Uh, me neither. Relatable. This is, I'm literally, yeah. I've been doing this podcast. That's the first time I've heard that. I like, feel, and I also feel like that whole, okay, now the, I've lost The whole insight mind. of into the like, oh, a bossy little one mm-hmm. is inside of me. Like that's, ex- and like, as soon as you said it, it, it brings back for me all kinds of, yeah. like I've told, 
I can't remember if I've told it on the podcast, but like the taco story. Yes, you have told that story on the podcast. Yeah, so like I like there were I, there was a restaurant that's grand opening, opening like free ta- or like dollar tacos, and I was a poor like dollar very, tacos. Yeah, I was like I need the dollar tacos, <laughs> and like and then it rained out. They like made a bunch of changes, and the and so we had to move inside. And the waitress was like, "Oh, we're not doing the dollar tacos," and I was like. You advertise dollar tacos. <laughs> Did you make a scene? I well, I was like, <laughs> I, well, I was, I told the waitress, "Hey, here's the deal. You're doing great. I have absolutely no problem with you. I, I swear to God, I'm going to tip twenty percent. Yes, you're great. I would like to talk to the manager, <laughs> like because I, I came here for I dollar would like tacos. the dollar tacos, please. Like, and the manager came over and and I was like perfectly in this place of like Mm -hmm. hey man can we work this out like i I came here and his first opening line was yeah somebody has a problem with the tacos and i switched into that bossy little motherfucker (laughs) and i went and i i remember the decision i remember the feeling of of like i was i was at a table with like 20 people it was a big group we had all come. Everybody's hiding beneath their mask. And they're all like, they're all like, yeah, this is fun, great, new restaurant, because you know, and uh, and I remember when he said that, like, somebody's got a problem with the tacos, and I was like, yeah, that's me. I rose my hand real high. It's like <laughs> you're looking for me, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I didn't say motherfucker, but I was like, yeah, that's me. No, I relate to that so completely. Of like, I. I am not a mean person. I don't think I'm a mean person or I have mean intentions. I, you know, like you said, you approach that. I know it's not you. Hey, You're just the waitress. I understand that. I understand that. the circumstances. I'm going to approach Let's this. talk. I, I just want a conversation. I want to figure this out. But as soon, the moment oh, I feel... Oh, you want to be a dick? The <laughs> moment I feel any resistance to my going the extra mile to be nice, it's like, oh, I don't have to be nice. Yeah. I don't have I'm gonna, to I'm going to say nice. this and then I'm, I'm going to have to peace out and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm going to launch you guys into continuing to talk about the soul child thing because I think we're getting at the root of some good work here. Um, so Michael in his caption went on to say, in health and growth, a four can get in touch with that one child who is an intelligent person striving for good. They can address the feeling that they are damaged or rejected and learn to appreciate their own uniqueness for positive reasons, knowing they are a complete person rather than insisting that they are broken outcasts. I, I would say that those words really, really um, define... Well, I'll just I'll do with the recording. <laughs> uh, I was gonna start. I was working on trying to mute Courtney, but I'll deal with it later. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Embarrassing. I understand. I love you. Peace all. out. See ya. Um, what she just said is a really good articulation of kind of the pre-me, post-me, like in that mm-hmm. transition that I went through. This like big season, like this months long season of transformative stuff that happened to me and my personality change it, it was a lot of that it, it went from this like I don't, the, the desperate kind of like oh god I hope they don't figure me out mm-hmm. please look at the mask don't look at me to a uh, if you don't like looking at me you can fucking look somewhere else yeah. how do you like that well I totally relate to that like this old me knew me when I said I moved to college, it was definitely like out of, like before I went to college, I had that mask all the time. 
when I went to college, the confidence and like starting that journey of self-love and realizing like I can be who I am and you don't have to like me. Yeah. And like that's still like still acknowledging that's hard that people wouldn't like me. Oh yeah. But just saying like, you know what? I don't have to hide it. I remember my junior year. I I I would say this hurts like hell if I like them. Mm, yeah. If someone I don't like doesn't like me, You're I'm like, like whatever. Get, 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 get out of here. I don't I don't respect you. Get out of yeah. here. Um but if someone no, I, if someone I like respect yeah. and have ad, admiration for mm-hmm. or some kind of affection for and they're like I reject you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know how to live now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. And that sense of just like freeing, realizing that you can be who you are. I mean, even like I'm still working on that, you know, but I remember junior year of college, I decided I'd gone through like a really bad cycle of depression the previous year. Um, and I decided like, you know what? Like, this is my ultimate like chains broken. I was like, you know what? I'm not hiding it. I'm not going to act like I'm okay when I'm not because that's unhealthy for me. Dude. So, There's so much power in that. So what I started doing, and like I, this was just for me. It was not to get a rise out of anyone. It was not even, didn't even know if anyone would notice. I started, when people say like, Pat, hey, how are you? I started actually answering them. Dude, you are literally telling a story that I have told on this podcast really? multiple times. Please continue. No, like, like hey, how are you? Like walking past them in the coffee shop at school or whatever. And instead of just being like, I'm good, how are you? Or like, yeah, good. I literally, I would stop and i say, you know what? I'm not doing very well, but you don't need to worry about it. Like, that's, that's gen- just me. You're being more, you were more generous <laughs> than I'm a I kind was. person. No, but I started doing it and people would stop. And some would just be like, oh, oh okay. And some would right. be like, oh, do you, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, nope, uh, I'm fine. I'll be okay. But uh, like, but. I use the ver- the word um, like just transparent. I started to be just as transparent yes. as possible because I'm my thought process was just like, what's the point? Like burn the mask. Yeah, like what's the point? Fucking burn the mask. Why should I suffer because yeah. other people are uncomfortable by me being myself? So I I started doing that in church, uh, and I, I was a worship director. Mm-hmm. I was a pretty I was, I was the, other than the pastor, I was the face of, you know, like I I was a pretty prominent Mm -hmm. figure and like a lot of people would, they would, you know, Sunday morning, Hey, it's good to see you. How are you doing? Like pretty shitty. (laughs) And be like, Oh yeah. And like I started to, uh, so now two of I say our, my wife and mm-hmm. my, my Franciscan, my two of our absolute nearest and dearest, like fam, chosen family friends. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jeremy and Desiree and the kids. <laughs> um, we fucking love them. Mm-hmm. And the reason we are so close to them is because they're the type of people who, when we, hey, how's it going? Pretty shitty. What? Why? Yeah. What's going on? Like on Sunday morning, kids in their hands. Yeah. Pretty shitty. Why? What's going on? Like, uh, me, like, I'm 
having it out with God right now yeah. over my parental abuse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having it out with why didn't God save me from the, I'm like, Dude, that's so fucking heavy. The, the, the four going straight for the and hard this is, stuff. This is Sunday morning. Yeah. This is like pre-worship before we get on stage. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, and the, and he's just like, oh, tell me, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, we, oh, give me a hug, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and now they're some of our best friends. Yeah. Like, they're some of our greatest best friends. I think it's that, that strive for vulnerability and authenticity and realizing that, that a lot of times, or in some cases, when you present yourself as that authentic person, you get that authentic response. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, like, play off of or each not. other. Yes. Like, it, yes. like, it's a bit of a filter. Oh, absolutely. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is a terrible way to look at it, but you care about me, you don't. You care about me, right? you don't. Like, like, you might have fewer relationships, yeah. but the ones you have, you realize, like, you'll oh, fight they a would war with me. They would do anything for me. Yeah, they you'll be care in a foxhole with me. Yeah. You, like, yeah. It just became very freeing and, and realizing, like, why should I make myself comfortable when I'm not for their comfort? Yeah. Like, that mask for their comfort when right. I'm not. Yeah, it was I, very no, I feel freeing. bad. I feel I, bad right now. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take that, then sorry. Great, stop asking. Yeah. Like, I'm not enjoying this interaction either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. you would be more honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And and I just, I don't know. I felt whether people realized a big difference in me or not, emotionally and in, internally, I felt a very massive difference and and the freedom from taking that mask off like even a little bit like even like now i have phantom of the opera mask like half of it's At gone, least half of it's gone <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> like there's a peak that's at progress. me <laughs> that's progress and it was such a and it's such a big step for me even though it kind of sounds you know uh, whatever well to some people so i maybe to people who haven't experienced it yeah yet. but it was but such me, a big I'm step like, no, I, I get it. I, mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember how it felt before and after. Yeah. And, and I would, I also, I've had, I had people in my life, like people who have known me since I was in youth group mm-hmm. in high school and, and who are still involved in like church work kind of stuff. Uh, shout out to Carrie if you're out there. Uh, <laughs> I remember her like sitting, she was in town and just an old youth group friend and we we're like let's go get some pizza and me and my girlfriend at the time like sat down and and it's interesting because the girl i was dating at the time didn't know me before any of that mm. and so she kind of only knew me after that yeah and and we sat down and there was something and like carrie my friend was like what like i remember in the middle of the conversation mm-hmm. she like almost interrupted and was like what changed? Yeah. Like, so, you're different. And, like, she had a smile, like, a wide yeah. smile on her face. And I was like, well, it's funny you ask. <laughs> and I kind of talked to her about some of the story, and she was like, like, she leaned in and was like, yeah. Like, she was into it. She, and she's pretty, like, tuned in. She's Yeah. She's borderline Pentecostal. <laughs> like, Methodists are pretty, they can be pretty, like, uh staunchy yeah like waspy you know Methodists can be pretty like down the down down the center of the line please um (laughs) and but she was borderline like woo woo 
mm-hmm. kind of spiritual. And yeah. I mean, I like, I really mean that. With it, the like, most respect. I love her about <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Like, don't change a thing. If you ever listen to this, Carrie, don't fucking change a thing. It's great. <laughs> like, I love it. Uh, my life, my, uh, the, the spiritual guide who walked me through that season was a biblical literalist Pentecostal old church lady who turned herself into a counselor mm. without accreditation. Like I literally all the, like I'm a trained psychologist and was, that was my other career path was mm-hmm. to be a talk therapist. And, <laughs> and for me to go to a unaccredited, un, yeah. un like academically, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. To, and to be like, all right, what do you have to offer? Yeah. And for her to just read me like a book mm-hmm. and know exactly what to do. And, and like, and I remember she like, she did a lot of inner child stuff and she would do like, close your eyes, go back to that little boy. Can you mm-hmm. see Jesus? And I'd be like, oh, fuck you. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, it makes me want to roll my eyes. Yeah. What are you having me do right now? But I'll be damned if it didn't work. Yeah. I'll be damned if it didn't work. And she would read scripture to me. She would read scripture over me, I would say. Like, as I was sobbing about yeah. the little boy that Jesus abandoned. And mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. your problem's not with your parents. Your problem's with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck you, Pat. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my heart. Like, <laughs> she saved my life. I love her to death and yeah. I owe her everything. She was, my, she was my, like, shaman. She was my spirit walker and all of that. And she was some Pentecostal, biblical, literalist, conservative, old church lady. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, if there's not a lesson in this. <laughs> and so, like, same thing. Carrie. Carrie's a little, she's much more like woo-woo. A little mm-hmm. more tuned in to, a little more conservative, a little more literalist. But also way more tuned into like, the flowing and the moving of, like, what's the wind doing? You know, mm-hmm. just kind of this yeah. kind of like woo-woo stuff and she sniffed it out like that <laughs> she was like what <laughs> what's the holy spirit done to you <laughs> i'm like well funny you ask here we go <laughs> <laughs> i'll be happy to tell you i'm uncomfortable with that language but surely <laughs> enough that's how we're going to talk about it <laughs> like i can't I gotta get credit where credit's due mm-hmm. you know yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you in the like the before and after. There there is really something to it, I think. Yeah. It's 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 also been helpful to have that before and after and kind of be able to see now that I'm I'm down the road, you know, not a ton, but down the road from it and, and see like what a disconnect and what a difference that is. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, if I was a couple years ago and someone said like, oh, before and after you, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I mean, like what? (laughs) And now I look at that and I'm like, she was a totally, completely different person. Um, And not to say I'm, you know, where I want to be or where I hope to be, but uh, it's There's a difference. There's a categorical difference. mm -hmm. It's not that I've arrived, but it's that I've got. I've the f- left the the beginning destination. Yeah, I've gotten the first one over. I yeah. crossed that first major thing, mm-hmm. and now all the other ones. And, and I've had like others have come up. Like I've been through similar processes after that first one. Yeah, the yeah. first one was just like traumatic and big and huge, and the other ones were much easier because when they started, I smelled it. And I was like. Oh, I think we're going into one of these. Mm-hmm. And like, I wasn't 
I was l much less resistant and much more trusting of like just the process yeah. and trusting of God, trusting mm -hmm. of like the spiritual nature of like consciousness yeah. and being like, no, 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 I'm, a, I'm okay. I'll put, I'm, I'm willing early on to put myself in, in the hands of this, this thing yeah. that's invisible and, and I can't hear mm -hmm. and like this thing that's really hard to trust, but because I've been through it, like it's easier to trust. Yeah. And so they're not as traumatic. You know, and so I've been through it a few times now, but that first one <clears throat> created a night and day difference. Yeah. I mean, a, a real just drastic difference. And these other ones have certainly helped and made progress and like offered new insight. Yeah. But that first one is the biggest leap. Ooh, it's a bit. And, and, and getting through it mm. is, it's like a relief. It's like a, okay. I'm capable. Whatever comes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've whatever done it. comes. Yeah. Like, I know how to cry through it now. <laughs> you know, I know how to hurt through it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer avoiding hurt mm. and pain and death. I'm now in a place where I'm like, oh no, I see, I see it. I, I see why hurt matters. Mm -hmm. I see why death matters. I, I get it. I get it. I'm not saying I'm looking for it, but when it comes, I'm like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> you know, like buckle in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, we. So I feel like we're wrapping up, especially with Courtney not here. Unless there, is, is there anything? Else? Do you feel satisfied? Do you do you want to talk about anything else? I mean, you know my story. Is there anything you would like me to share? Well, God, I mean, like, don't do that. I could talk. We'll go on for two hours. A replica. Yeah. replication of the last meeting. <laughs> yeah, we'll go on for two hours. I want to say, I haven't cried yet. Um, I really thought... In so, this? In this, in this podcast. Right. <laughs> I really thought someone was going to, like, go for it. And now that I said that, I know you could just pull something out of your I mean, you want to? Hat. I mean, we can go for it if you want to. But I, mean... <laughs> I, I was, I'm actually in... I've had a light, nice... Not light. God, that's a ridiculous word to prescribe to this conversation. <laughs> My troubles are light, guys. I, I've had a, like a, just, I've enjoyed it. No, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I, I, I always, again, four, I always enjoy when somebody brings their full selves to the conversation. I enjoy, I want to take that a little farther for me personally. Like, I enjoy that, like, even with Courtney here, but now, we are comfortable having these. It's not necessarily like I love, you know me, I love to sit in my tears. I love to cry. I love to sit yeah. in melancholy. Sad can be beautiful. Yes. It's comforting. I'm with you. And, and so I love that, but I also, it's refreshing to be able to sit here on this couch and have Jonah sleep on the floor. Love that dog. He's a therapy dog. But, Despite the fact that he's not a therapy dog, he's a therapy dog. But to sit here and to have a very deep and personal conversation with you, and you know you know it's heavy, but you don't you don't act that way. Like it's it's you're comfortable going deep. Like you're comfortable diving into those hard questions, and it doesn't. You don't change because of that. Because there's some you. people you sit down and it's, yeah. okay, how do we do this? Well, they get oh. scared. It's yeah. scary. And it's, I because I'm comfortable in these vulnerable, authentic times, it's 
refreshing to have someone who is equally as vulnerable, but equally as comfortable. Well, so I would say two things we have in common that really allow us to do that. One, four, the, literally the, the beauty in sad, like mm-hmm. the motives, I, I, the fears. I, I, yeah. yeah. Sadness doesn't scare me. No. I want to make art out of it. Yeah. I want to write songs about it. I want to, it can be inspiring. Tell it can... stories about mm-hmm. it. I want, yeah, I want, I want to find the gorgeousness. In like it. why, why would you run from that? <laughs> right. It's beautiful. What are you talking about? Let's, let's sit here and feel sad about it. Let's commiserate. Mm-hmm. Let's Let commiserate. me just have a whole day and just yeah. feel like crap. <laughs> and, and I think there's something in fours that like, like one of that, one of the things for me is I, I don't feel trapped in it. Mm-mm, not at I all. I feel very like, yeah, this is a wave. This is a wave mm-hmm. on the ocean. And like, sometimes waves are scary. It's and comforting. That's fun. It's familiar. Yeah. It's familiar. Yeah. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing too is, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I feel comfortable in those things is because, you know, it's a lot of the chaplaincy work. It's a lot of the like, mm. yeah, I've been down these roads before. Yeah. I've sat with people as they're dying. I've sat with family members as they're grieving. Like I've... I've literally cried over patients that I really, really cared about and loved. Mm. And, and I, I did that knowing they were going to die. Like, what an idiot. Like, mm. why would you attach yourself to, why invest would you get to in, know and invest yeah. in somebody who's going to die in the next week? It's like, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't you? Why would you pass up that opportunity? Yeah. Like, I, and so there's some, and there, and I know that you've done a lot of work in therapy. Mm-hmm. You've, like, you've been down similar roads yeah. within yourself. Too. This is a PSA, everyone. And if you don't think you have issues, go to therapy. It's yeah, wonderful. You can do it. um, it's the best. It's, it's like car maintenance. You do it before your car breaks down. Yeah. Also, so a friend, a very good friend of mine, he has a, a son who's dealing with like, like hard diagnoses, mm. mental illness, and the and he couldn't, he was having a hard time understanding it, and so his dad put it to him like this. He's like, "It's a health bar in a like a video game." So mm. like, there's some drops you get where it just fills up all your health. In real life, those don't those don't mm-hmm. exist. But like taking a walk every night. Even though you don't feel like taking a walk mm-hmm. tonight, taking a walk every night, like it gives yeah, it's a little up. bit more yep. of that health bar. Going to a therapist and talking about your stuff, even though it doesn't feel like it's working, gets a little bit more to that health bar. I love, I love like, therapy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I highly, highly endorse it. Oh, yes. And I, I would say the one trick of talk therapy is the, the difficulty is finding a therapist that you genuinely mm-hmm. not just click with can trust yeah yeah there's something else that like you click with them it's like and they're willing to like press you on stuff yes and when they do you don't go like fuck this asshole but instead <laughs> you go like oh, oh you son of a bitch uh-huh like there's something about that that specific and that's hard to find and it's I, like a cinderella shoe it really is yeah and it took me I, i've saw several therapists throughout my life and 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 to my utter shock it was pat it was that mm-hmm. conservative yeah. unaccredited and, and if it weren't for the like i met her patients mm-hmm. i met her her clients i guess you would say and they were all people that i was like what the fuck? Like, you don't, you don't make any sense to me. 
you shouldn't be this healthy. Like, yeah. you've told me your story. This doesn't make any sense. And, like, the thing they all had in common was this woman. I was like, oh, wow. fuck me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to have to swallow every ounce of pride that I've ever had <laughs> to, to, like, humble myself enough to go to this mm-hmm. ignorant old woman. And like have her teach, like Sorry, teach Pat. me the wisdom of the ages, you know? Yeah. Like, right? yeah. No, yeah. You know, and she just utterly, and she did. She utterly humbled everything I thought I knew about all of that mm-hmm. uh, by simply being the antagonist for all of it, and yeah. and and, uh, and being completely perfect for me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. I, so I would say it, that part is challenging. If you're, if anybody out there is listening, is having problems with that, keep at it. If you know it's not working, move on. Oh, yeah. If you know it's not working, move on, but don't give up. Like, mm-hmm. when I say move on, I really mean move on. Find someone else, find someone else, find someone else until it, until it works. And when you find one that works, do whatever it takes. If you have to go once a month, go once a month. If you, like, like, do what it takes. That's what I had to do. She was booked. And it was yeah. once a month for me. Really? I, I, w- I wanted to do once a week. Weekly. Yeah, I wanted once a week. And she's like, I'm, I can't. It's once mm-hmm. a month. That's what I do. That's how it but works. But if it's the right person, it's and, worth it. And that's exactly what it was. She that is was better the right than the one. wrong person all the time. Yeah, the wrong person once it's a week. It's like dating, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's something to it. It's like dating. Like, Anyways, everyone, go to therapy. It's wonderful. Go to therapy. I got an eyelash in my eye. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we, we usually end by cheersing. Aww. So... Um, we lift up a, like something we'd like to salute. Would you like to go first or would you like to, me to go first? I would like to go last. I want to have the last word. Okay. Then last is second in this scenario because there's just two of us. <laughs> um, so I would like to cheers to... God, there's so many things that I want to pick. Um, I, so I'll cheers to the uh, sincerity... Like the, the like really giving voice to your actual reality, to your, to what you feel and what you actually think, what you actually like, um, mostly because that was the way in for me. Mm-hmm. And as simple as, uh, cause I was in college bands and, and like indie pop and yeah, you know like I was a rock cool guy and, <laughs> and and like one of the ways in was when I started to be like I fucking love Taylor Swift and yeah. like I'm not allowed to say that yeah. I'm not my personality is not allowed to say that and be like no I love I love Taylor Swift I love Ariana Grande I, like <laughs> I love Disney-esque bubblegum pop yeah like I fucking love it uh, and, and that was one of the early steps into mm-hmm. actually like loving myself and letting my voice yeah. be really what I felt and really who I am. So here's cheers to the sincerity of, of that, your actual inner voice. I wish I'd gone first, first of all. <laughs> I've heard the same thing I was going to do. It's pretty spot on. And it's, I was going to preface it. I know we hate prefacing, but preface it with them. Um, if you might not be like totally foreign, cliche, and like deep, and the search for authenticity. Hell yeah, dude. I don't think that's not cliche at all. <laughs> I'm so, I don't think it's cliche at all. You feel it, validated. It matters so much. Yeah. It, it matters it's hard. so much. So sincerity and authenticity. Beautiful words. Clink. 
or in this case, click. Y'all, he barely has anything to drink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the end of the that's the end of the, the glass right there. <laughs> Chomping on ice bits. All right, everybody, thanks for sticking it out. Peace out. <laughs>